Hi, everybody. This is Paul from RTV Limited, and I'm here this week speaking with Melinda Treglia from uh, Allstate in Gardner, New York. Melinda and I know each other for a long time as well. Uh, we went to school together. And uh, Melinda, tell us more about yourself and your business, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Um, okay, so I guess first and foremost, I know people do this a lot, but I am a mom. I have a 12-year-old and, and an almost nine-year-old girl. She's eight and a half. I am a local business owner. I, um, I consider myself fairly athletic. I've gone through some evolutions with my, um, with my sports over the last few years. I like food. I like to watch Netflix sometimes. And um, yeah, I'm a small business owner in a, in a hamlet uh, of a small town named Gardner, New York, which borders and flows into I guess for commerce purposes, New Paltz, New York, where I went to college. Yeah. So for anybody else who doesn't know, New Paltz is about, I think it's 75 miles north of New York City, uh, up the, uh, the, the New York State Thruway, and uh, across the river is Poughkeepsie. On, this, uh, on the, uh, the western side is New Paltz, and then Gardner's in between. So, you know, you can pull from either direction um, when you're in commerce or business side in, in that area. So, uh, that's for our listeners. And then, um, so your business now is what? I own, uh, okay, so starting in September 2016, I purchased a pre-existing Allstate agency. It was owned uh, by a wonderful, a wonderful agent. This was his fourth agency. It just ended up being not exactly the demographic that he wanted. He had opened it in September of 2015. We had started the very initial conversation about me purchasing the business from him in about June. It was it was moving towards about the halfway point of the year, June 2016. I, and I had to uh, I officially took over September 2016. So the year the business itself was pre-existing. It was an infant. It was about a year old. I'd worked in the same agency, so I was lucky enough that the business um, that our current clients didn't really see, I didn't have a hiccup. It wasn't kind of like a change of regime of sorts. They already knew me. They knew me very well. I didn't lose clients. I, uh, I was very lucky in that aspect. So I'm uh, now going just based on when I purchased the business, I consider this my kind of like my third working year toward going into my fourth year in September as my, as a, a business owner. No, I agree hundred percent. It sounds like he had it for a year and then you got for the last two and a half plus years have been growing it out. Yes. Yes. It was, it was, I called it a baby business when I bought it, but essentially I purchased my job, uh, <laughs> which a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do. I looked at it kind of almost in a way of, uh, I think it's know, a gift. From, it was it was a gift. I, I knew I was taking a giant step back, but ultimately, uh, I was purchasing my own job. I was taking a position and you know evolving it into ownership. Which at the time, I, I don't think I realized the difference, but now I definitely do. But yeah, I, I purchased my job. Yeah, I uh, I know we were talking about this earlier, and in the last podcast member or guest, and and her taking the leap, and obviously two different. Uh, distances of where you are in the business, you know, Liz is only six months into it. Um, yeah. Tom, my, 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 you know, from Cafe El Mode, 16 years, yeah, 
and you're four years basically in the middle there. And, you know, and Jason Thomas is basically, it's an infant and it's not like a, an embryo. It's, you know, just starting up. So, yes. you know, you think about the longevity of a business and, and we were talking about this earlier too in the pre-interview is that patience is extremely important when you're, you're growing a business and people want like, I want to scale a billion dollars, a unicorn. It doesn't happen every day. Yeah. Right? And, and I think that's a big lesson here, right? Is, is patience, right? And, and how are you tempering that and how are you controlling that in yourself is it's hard i mean i agree it's it's difficult when you're growing a business you know so so in september 2016 i kind of walked in and i had this moment you know it's very popular now it's very i guess the i don't know if the right word is sexy but it's you know being this entrepreneur like look at me and i remember yeah. you know standing in my office and a very humbling experience in my life was having my name on the front door or something but the reality Humble. of it <laughs> the reality of it is that it's not sexy, you know, like it's a, uh, it's, there's a lot of sleepless nights. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of moments where it's extremely, you're, you feel alone and you feel that not, there's not one person in the entire world who understands where you're coming from and it gets, you know, you can seek into some pretty questioning places, but what I've learned is there's just so much, there's so much more to, running a business and the actual, you know, going in and showing up to work every day, because it's just, it's just so much more. It's, it's about how your perspective on life is. It's, you know, you got to check yourself on a regular basis. What is your health like? What is your activity like? Um, how are your relationships outside of work? Um, what are you reading? What do you surround yourself with? Who do you surround yourself with? What quotes do you read every day? Uh, you know, what do you listen to on podcasts? It was a, that became a big thing for me. On the, I, at the time when I opened, I was still coaching the 5.45 a.m. class, and it was about a 25-minute drive. I started listening to podcasts all the time about different, just everything, you know, anything to get my hands on in terms of just growth and positive self-talk and just learning how to evolve as a human because what, we, what I found, what I was saying, and what I said to myself in my head ended up being a direct reflection of how my month went, which sounds crazy, but what we what we're putting out to the world comes from within so i think it takes a tremendous amount of patience in terms of being gentle with yourself and knowing that this is an evolution but at the same time knowing that you can no matter where you are you, you don't have to be stuck you can you can go and you can seek out information and we're lucky at our current climate um, because of people like gary vaynerchuk and you know different podcasts available and them being so popular and you can go on Amazon, you get any plethora of books. You can change your perspective. You can change what you, what's in your head. If, if you have to be willing to, but you can. I agree. And, and <laughs> you can tell that I'm, I'm <laughs> into books. I, I've been uh, on this emotional IQ journey for the last two years. And it's because, you know, I, I wanted to do this entrepreneur thing and I really wanted to you know, I, I, I got the MBA and thought, hey, that's enough. But there was stuff, there was definitely stuff missing, right? There was not everything I needed to succeed. And I think it was more me than anything else. And I agree with you 100% where reading and listening to podcasts and, and being mm -hmm. positive and having a motivating factor um, has been huge for me and, and sports and, and, and it's been a yes. huge part of my life, right? So 
you know me playing rugby and I played for 15 yeah. years and then I boxed before college and then after college. So that's where ring the bell comes from. And, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I maintain that. And I just started to do jujitsu just so I can yeah. get outside my, my comfort zone and try something I've never done before. And, and mentally it's been extremely challenging because yeah. there's so much to it than, 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 than lifting. And what yeah. lifting has a big thing to you mentally to push through the pain, but playing sports and, and, and coaching my son's wrestling team. It's been, it's been great because it, it gives me an outlet. I'm not just locked in this room yes. <laughs> you know, and, and by myself. And yes, it is lonely. Yes. Um, <laughs> I have two I have two partners and, and they help when they can, but it really is just me growing yeah. the business and growing the brand. And uh, I love them to death. And I know that, you know, when, when we need, when I need help, I can reach out to them. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, I, I think you're right. This, you know, even if you and I keep a conversation going, it's great, right? If I can help you in any way, that's what I'm here mm -hmm. for. And I love helping people. And that's the reason I started this business and, um, and reading and finding that inspiration. So you mentioned yeah. reading. What are some of the books that you've read that really helped you when you started the business? I'm putting you in check here right now. And, and like, or your, your last yeah, three. You <laughs> <laughs> what I have behind me. Um, well, so I'd always kind of been in tap with this, you know, it, it might sound a little, I don't even know what it sounds like, but even, you know, prior to being a business owner, I, w I was always finding myself seeking something. Seeking, um, hold on. Is that working? Okay. There's like something going on with me that I felt like it, I was, there was a, something bigger than self. So I've, I've read a lot of John Maxwell. Um, I've done, you know, I've tapped into some of, it, she's a little mainstream, um, but I found that from, for like beginner meditation and stuff like that, Gabby Bernstein, she actually has a team. I worked with somebody on her team one-on-one. Um, -on -one. I did a, I did one-on-one -on -one coaching when I was purchasing the agency when I was away in new agent training in, in um, Illinois. And then I had to go to Long Island. I, I ended up being away from home for five weeks. Um, I did a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching to kind of like clear out my mind and figure out exactly, um, define my purpose of sorts and, and get really clear and definitive about what my goals are. So I've, I've read some stuff there. Um, you know, everything, rich dad, poor dad, you know, you've got, you know, tons of different books out there that I, I constantly go back to. I'm reading, um, I'm trying to think what's on the counter right now that they, everyone laughs at me because if they fall asleep during it, uh, the set, the success principles, you know, um, the what? Anything. If you go into like the, what is it? The seven, the seven principles of successful, oh. <laughs> I can picture it, but I, I just posted it, but I'm drawing a blank, but every, I can only read a few pages at a time because it's a ton of information, but. It was like my biology you know, and chemistry uh, books like in college. I'd fall asleep yes. in the library all the time. Um, <laughs> I know. I know. I almost wish sometimes now we can go back and sit in that library. I think I took it for granted. But um, I listen, you know, what I do is I try to keep the books around me and I try to keep them on the Kindle because uh, things come up all the time. So, you know, I like being able to go back and reference things. I wish I read more. I wish I read more. Um, my goal this year, I think it's everybody's goal. That's what I'm hearing a lot is just to carve out the time to read more. But um, I've got a ton. I'm, I'm sure I'm looking behind me because I have a pile of books. The four hour work week. There's, there's tons. There's, if you want, or if anybody wants to seek any sort of, you know, 
self-improvement, business improvement, Amazon or your local bookstore, and you can probably walk out with a hundred books easily. Yeah. I, uh, I put it out there early last year to read 26 books last year. <laughs> I only got the 15. Um, and That's a lot. lot. Yeah, but it should have been more. I mean, uh, I know that uh, some people are saying I should read audio or listen to audio books, but I feel like I retain more yes. when I read. Um, I do like the podcast. I do retain a lot from that. So maybe I will try yeah. an audio book and, and, and start doing that. But um, so, you know, we focus on, on, on obviously ringing the bell, but uh, people, process, and profits, right? So understanding the people side of a business the process side and then the profits are financial. So on the people side, you know, that's leadership, sales, marketing, um, interactions, you know, do you have any challenges that you face? Uh, and we talked about it briefly, but, um, any challenges that you face uh, that, you know, could help somebody else in some way. So, for my agency, I've, I've had to learn the hard way, especially in the beginning. I was really lucky to have really good support. But what I've learned is you really, in my opinion, you have to hire um, slowly and separate yourself as fast as possible. It's really easy to get yourself handcuffed to somebody um, because if running a very small business, um, you know, you're very close with the people that work for you and people will tell you, oh, that's not positive, but it's just really impossible not to admire and become close with the people you work with. Um, you know, and I got really lucky over the last few years. I, I believed I, you know, and it's again, for me, it's a lot of what I put out to the world. I prayed and prayed for, you know, just somebody to come to me um, in a time of transition. And I got a really great um, I got, I actually got three really great people and as you know, time would have it, one just left, um, and he's moved to Manhattan and he was, a, I got him through the business department and on the business advisory council, um, for SUNY, for SUNY New Falls, and he was amazing. And, but they become, you know, like family because essentially for me running this business, I can't do it without um that support and i can't i can't separate it because my kids get off the bus here so my kids come running through the front door and you know they know they know the people and our staff members and you know if if i'm not feeling well or if i'm going through something it's really hard to hide it and um i don't separate myself from other people because it's just not that type of business i have my office back here but i haven't been back here in 18 months i have a cubicle on the floor and that's where I operate every day. I, I sit in a cubicle along with my staff. And um, I think that it can be a challenge. But if you just are really honest with yourself about what works for people, people generally come to you and they're not going to change. So you can't, it's like a relationship. Like you can't fit round pegs and square holes. You can't tell yourself this story that this is going to work out if it's not because you're actually doing them a disservice and you're doing yourself a disservice. So Interestingly enough, I'm high, you know, now hiring again. Um, you know, I had somebody move, which was, it's a natural progression. If they, you know, graduating with your master's from SUNY, a lot of times people move back to Manhattan or move close to Manhattan. And um, so I have a bunch of interviews set up and, good. you know, I just kind of you have to put that vibration out to the world that likes to just, you know, send me good people and, and hopefully find somebody that fills the position um, and it's, it's mutually beneficial. So this talks about the last, this is kind of touching on the last book that I, uh, I read 
it's called Legacy. It's a rugby book, okay. but it talks about culture in a company and business. And, mm -hmm. and people do, and you're talking about it in your perspective where you're working on the floor with everybody else. You're yeah. not asking them to do anything that you wouldn't do yourself. Not really. I, I do lean on my staff a lot. Um, there's times when I feel, you know, but you've done it already. Me. That's the point. It's like, you've done it. Yes. You can say this um, is the right way to do it. If you can find a better way, great. But this is how yeah. I've done it in the past. Yeah. And I'm a, you know, I'm a work in progress as, as myself. I, you know, when I, when I took over the agency, I was essentially, I have to tell, tell myself all the time I'm my own employee. And um, I just try to learn as much as I possibly can because I, I want to be the go-to person. You know, something comes up and, um, you know, that we don't, we need to, if we can't find an answer, there's ways to find the answer, but more, more than likely than not, I'll be able to generate an answer. And that's just from experience. Um, but the other thing is, is that I'm, there's nothing that they do that I'm not willing to do. I don't always want to do it all the time. Like some of the, you know, I'm not as detail oriented. I'm not as good at paperwork. I'm a total type B personality with some, some random type A flare ups. Uh, <laughs> um, but I am a, I'm a salesperson, a people person. I am a artsy, you know, like I, I'm, I'm the one I like to have my hands dirty. I'm the visual person. I'm not the. I'm not the budgeting and, you know, Excel spreadsheet person. And I've had to learn how to do that because uh, the, being an owner demands the best from you in all aspects. And if you can't do it, you have to seek to do it. So that's where another staffing thing is too. Like, you know, um, you know, my, my office manager, she's pretty much like my guardian angel in ways because she's super in, in so many ways, super type A. So she fills in my gap. So she knows that I'm more than likely probably going to miss, you know, writing down an appointment or forget to file something. And she's just right there, um, catching it because, you know, if she didn't, I'd be pretty screwed. Yeah. My, my last assistant, and I'll mention it, Sue Ellen, she was, she was like everything. I would, Sue Ellen, do you take care of this for me? Yeah. 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 I would, I would yeah. download it out to her. Can you book this travel, take care of this, uh, this show yeah. logistics. Cause I don't, I, I need to help grow the business with the guys and, you know, get yes. out and do it. So, she was great that way. And I think you need that, that consigliere, you know, like that, that helper, that counselor to someone to help you through those little things. So. Yes. And you know, they should become the confidant in some ways too, because there's times when, you know, like I said, I'm in a cubicle in the middle of the floor and there's some positive negatives to that. Negatives to that. And, you know, I mean, there's been times that I've rolled my chair back and I'm crying, you know, like, or, you know, something is affecting me or, you know, there's the moment when, you know, if I lose a client and most of the time I'm pretty even killed about it, but sometimes it's really, you know, affects you and you take it personally. And there's been that moment when I slammed the phone down and you need people there or surrounding you just to understand and be empathetic towards you and understand that I'm a human too. And I think that my staff has done a really good job in that. And we try to, we, we tell everybody that comes to our agency, number one, we, we can't help but treat you like family. And I think it's because our culture here is that we truly are, even if we don't always agree or, you know, we, we might not always see eye to eye. Um, or if I see something that they might not see just because I have a different viewpoint or a different vantage point, at the end of the day, I care about them like family. And I try, it, it would never be, I would never be able to run a small business any other way. Yeah. And I think that's extremely important is that you, you, you have to have some separation, right? You can't be like, you know, ride or die with them for all the time. If they make a mistake or they, you know, they just are, you know, constantly dropping the ball, you know, yes. strikes, 
doesn't mean you're out, but if you get a fourth strike and you're not trying to improve it, that's on them, not you. Yeah. And I've had situations like that, especially you know, the first two years if it, there were people in positions and you know, like you feel like you're almost being strangled and it, it's really difficult. People, you know, people say that it's black and white, but it's really difficult letting somebody go. I've, I've been in that position a few times and it's really difficult um, feeling like you're handcuffed to somebody, which I, I'm very lucky right now, you know, there's none of that going on and we're, you know, we're able to be in a position where with um, having somebody um, move into the city that I'm able to bring somebody else on and, and for the people who are already involved or already operating here, they, they have a say in that too, because our environment is small and we, you know, we can't, we can't have any sort of um, poison in the well, if that makes sense, because it's just too small. Like, you know, it's not like somebody can go hide by the water cooler. The water cooler is like two seconds away from my desk. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like it, it, it has to, it has to be a positive environment. I think that when you start with positive and you start with genuinely caring for people. Empathy. um, Yeah. Yes. So it helps. Um, I was uh, going down a path here and I just lost my train of thought, but the, I know what it was. Uh, <laughs> oh, my brain is not working right now. So it's like that Monday thing going on. I thought all of last week was Wednesday. So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's crazy with this, the holiday, it kind of messes you up and then yeah. having it on a Tuesday and then, and just, just starting all over again. But um, so, you know, the you've talked about culture on the people side and then what's your process to bringing on new clients and how are you doing that and what can you share for for other people who are who are in this small business route and and growing and and tell me about your process and how you do things so in insurance there we you know i guess in like the insurance bubble world there's tons of different um ways that you can market new clients from mailers, you know, doing those drip campaigns where I don't know if you have experience with this, the local agent sends you the, you know, the, the home or the auto quote. And it, that, that's a really not, I mean, some of them hook people in, but the reality is, is that's a name recognition thing. And of mm-hmm. course there's local advertising. Um, you know, I can throw my face up on a billboard. I'd be really embarrassed. Um, any, you know, small marketing through park bench, what? a park or bus bench. <laughs> You know, or in Gardner, Newport, so the entire area would see it. But um, there's, you know, also, you know, becoming members or parts um, or part of local um, networking communities like chambers and, and participating in events and stuff like that. And I'll just put a little asterisk there that I am not that good at that. I, uh, you know, I, I put a tremendous amount of emphasis on my time with the child, my kids, so I don't... Um, you know, just, just to hone on that, touching that, like, so Gary, my ex-husband and I have been separated. Well, we haven't been apart for seven years, but we share my kids. So uh, when I do have the kids, which is half time, I put a tremendous amount of focus on my time with them. It's, it's truly, you know, it's worth its weight. It's gold in me. I never get, you know, babysitters. And I, you know, if they come to the office, it's for a limited amount of time, because I feel like, you know, in any modern family situation where you share your children, you very quickly um, hone in on that time with them because as wonderful it is, as it is that we're able to create these uh, situations where we do share them and we both live locally, the reality of it is, is I really miss my kids sometimes. So weighing out networking, it's hard. 
with, you know, doing something, you know, wine and cheese versus, you know, going to McKenna's dance or something like that. Nine times out of 10, I usually try to find that balance with my kids. Um, so as much as I believe in marketing and participating, I try to put it an emphasis on quality over quantity, if that makes sense. So I like sponsoring events. I like um, participating in, you know, races, runs, sponsoring those type of things. I like doing a lot of charity work. Um, anything that I associate myself with for distance running and, you know, I know there's true distance running, there's moderate distance running half marathons and I just did a marathon, but I always do it for a charity. I always try to associate my name with right. positive and good in the environment. Um, so that's another way of marketing. I use social media. I can get better at that too. Um, I try to tell a story. I like, I want it to be relatable. My pages are public. I don't, you know, I, my life. Um, is part of my marketing. It's just part of who I am. This agency is a, a direct extension of me. I, um, I've done telemarketing. I've been very successful with telemarketing. Um, a lot of networking. Uh, really? A warm referral is the... Which no, networking is the best way to do it, right? Like, you um, know, word of mouth is the strongest form of advertising you can ever get. Yes, and the longer you stay in the game, the more referrals you get and the more quality referrals you get. So for us, it's, you know, really building positive relationships with mortgage brokers and real estate agents. And over the last few years, that has, I mean, that has been the, the biggest return on investment. But even telemarketing, a lot of people poo-poo this, but like, you know, the, the gentleman I just lost, he's an extremely talented telemarketer. And, and, you know, his name is Devin and he knows he's going into another sales capacity in Manhattan. A lot of people would say, can't believe you telemarket. And I can't tell you the return on investment was just, was twofold because it's a dying type of thing and mm -hmm. you have to be really charismatic, but it's still out there. So um, I guess in terms of marketing, oh, Google ads, you know, creating that reach on the internet, like stuff like that, I'm very novice with, but anything that creates a presence, especially locally. And I think it, a lot of that ties to name recognition and staying in the game. Yeah, building your brand, obviously, one of the most important things you can do, right? People, when we talked yes. about this, people buy from people they know. Yes. Um, part of the reason I'm putting out content is people get to know me, right? I mean, yes. I moved to Philly and no one, if I was still in New York, it'd probably be a little different, right? Because I, yeah. I had a bigger network there. But down here in Philly, yeah. I've only been here a few years and I'm trying to build it out and I can always go back to New York and, and, and I, you know, have referrals there and I can work anywhere. But at the end of the day, if I want more local clients, I need to have a presence, right? People need to know who yeah. I am. So, you know, I, I try to get out to the networking events and, and I agree with, yeah. with you that outbound or phone, phone um, prospecting is not dead. And you need to have a hybrid model. And until people yeah. get rid of their cell phones or a phone completely, mm -hmm. you're still gonna have an opportunity to connect with people. Yes. I mean, obviously. Um, Avocado, you ever heard of Avocado? No. It's a uh, texting app, basically, where oh. you can you can market to people through text, and because people yes. are more likely to open up a text than they will yes. answer a phone call. Yes. So we, you know, we have a lot of different um, things that we use um, in the insurance world. I'm sure it, it goes to, you know, a lot. What ends up happening, I noticed, is a lot of insurance agents build, you know, very very respectable lifestyles and incomes through um being an exclusive agent like me but they also tend to tap in because we hone so much in that entrepreneurial 
arena, they tend to tap in and create things that support, uh, you know, our businesses. So we have different things like Wufu and stuff like that. And a lot of our lead management systems um, that I use are created by, um, you know, agents who either currently are running an agency or, or stepped away from that arena and moved towards a different um, term, like in terms of marketing. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, people... People pick up the phone though, you, but you, you know, like Devin was really talented with it and, you know, people were very impressed by, and he made waves in terms of like our territory, but you know, that was the biggest return for, you got to always look at it like investment versus return. And a lot of times you can burn thousands of dollars that gives you nothing back and you have to kind of figure out what that is over time. Yeah. And I think that goes on to the next topic is your, the profit side of it. And you said you had challenges with it learning that so tell us some of the challenges that you faced and that you know i mean obviously it's uh it's not easy if you don't have that background as an accountant or even running a business in general and i've, I've lucky i've been in positions where i've had PL control for years i mean yeah uh you know my first real management job was running a finish line over in poughkeepsie and in middletown right and yeah. uh, i had PL view there and i could see it and then hiring and firing people you know mm -hmm. at 20 years old. Yeah. And then, uh, after, after that, you know, in outside sales, I got leadership positions and I had P and control there. I'm like, Whoa, yes. well that I had an advantage over other people. But so for example, tell me, tell me about you and, and how you've come over the overcome that challenge. Um, you know, same type of retail background and, you know, always, you know, interestingly enough, uh, uh, when after I had Gavin, I went back to New Paltz and I got a master's in teaching. Um, and I was just shy of student teaching when I decided, um, you know, kind of life had taken a different route. And I went back into insurance. I worked for a prominent bank, got my insurance licenses, um, ended up back in the insurance game because I never got rid of my licenses. And interestingly enough, I truly thought that you can come into these type of businesses and just wing it. You know, um, I figured that like I would learn on the job, like September, 2016 agency owner. I'm just going to do what I do best. I'm a great salesperson. I can close a deal and I'm just going to go and I'm going to do that. And that really worked out well for about the first nine months. And then our, the way they build agents, change and there's so it's such a complex thing to understand what makes what makes a business money so you know selling 100 renters policies versus selling you know uh, 100 homeowners two different completely animal two like apples in you know apples and oranges in terms of what actually grows a business so a widget you know you can have an item and a mark and yes you know we sold you know 100 items this month that's great but again quality, what actually grows a business. And that's where you really have to hone in. And I had to learn a couple of things. Number one, I had to separate my personal from business. I was operating in the beginning as one entity, even though I'm a corporation, I'm, you know, I, I, I'm an employee of my corporation. I was operating all under the same budget and that had to change because, you know, it, it, <laughs> it's just two separate things. And it's very Plus your taxes. Your, for taxes. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, that was a big thing too. And, you know, I've, I'm lucky. I have the best accountant, you know, and he happens to share a wall with me next door. So, um, you know, I always say shout out to James because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, he helped me understand what it was to be personal and to have a corporation and to separate out the two. 
Um, so that was a big life lesson for me. So my bucket, you know, where I earn an income is separate from what, how, what grows and how I grow a business. So that's a big thing. So I had to figure out what, what was I spending money on, which required me to become an accountant of sorts. Um, obviously just an accountant of my own business, but understand you know, X dollars coming in has to tie out to dollars going out. And, you know, I'm really very lucky that my partner, um, you know, he's just so, he's just so patient and, you know, he is successful in all his own rights and he understands us. And he's taught me so much um, over the last, you know, 12 months about understanding my business and, and separating you know, what things are and, and understanding that, you know, you know, this is one, um, this is one house versus, you know, your personal is separate. And that really required me combing through my finances, creating these really fun spreadsheets that I couldn't have done on my own and really threading getting a grasp on uh, how to run a business independently of running my life. Um, so that's fun. And, and the flip side of that is how, how, what, what grows my business versus, just adding a widget onto a board, what truly creates longevity. And that is finding quality homeowners, um, you know, the two car autos, the life insurance, creating those deep relationships that, um, you know, people want to stay with you and it becomes a generational thing. So that, that people aspect of it, you know, the extension that I'm there, I'm a trusted advisor to them. I am reliable. I am somebody that they can ask for advice from. That creates longevity, and that's where you grow um, an insurance business. And, of and that's exactly you know, probably why you've been in business for four, you know the last three years, right? Taking the business from where it was and and keeping the doors open, and then hiring new people. That that's hard to do. You got to give yourself yeah. a pat on the back, and I, I give you a lot of credit because it's hard to do. It's super hard, especially when, you know, it's like the school life and, you know, we listen to these podcasts and it, everybody walks outside and they think that, you know, I could be an entrepreneur and I kind of look at them like, you know, it's not glamorous at times. It's, it sounds really great. And it sounds like, a, you know, it seems like everybody can do it, you know, and, and that's just because it's so accessible and that's just a, you know, the trendy thing to do, but it's really something that is, it's not fly by night. And that's why most small businesses don't make it out of their first three to five years it's because people go into it and they they don't become a student of their business you have to understand every aspect of what makes the lights stay on in order to stay alive and keep them on for more than five years yeah fixed versus variable costs are huge right when understanding what those are and then and how to leverage them for your business so that you can yes. keep your eyes open, keep your doors open yeah well that's awesome insight and i think uh, the takeaway here is, you know, we talked about it earlier is patience and then humility, right? I would say that's big. Like saying, I'm not good at this. I need help. Where can I get yep. help? Right. Um, yes. so, so part of my, my platform is the RTB or, or ring the bell. Right. And for me, it's, I, I'm very self-motivated. I've always have been, uh -huh. um, playing sports. And then my, you know, the poem my father wrote, uh, that's on my wall behind me and, and, and my kids obviously, um, so tell me what helps you ring the bell and go out every day and, and keep fighting, you know? So in the beginning, um, it's interesting cause I just went through an evolution with this recently in the beginning. Um, I was very highly motivated by, you know, high intensity sports. I did CrossFit. I coached CrossFit. Um, it pumped me up for the day. It was the outlook I had. And, you know, when I decided to take a different path and run the New York city marathon, I essentially felt that I, I wasn't really sure what rang my bell. Um, 
and that evolution over the last six months has really changed, um, you know, what I thought motivated me. And exactly, you nailed it. You know, motivation comes from the inside. It always starts with us. It, it, it starts with small decisions that we make from the moment we wake up throughout the day. So, you know, I'm that person. I'm that person that, you know, gets up and makes the bed. I'm that person that, you know, instead of walking by the counter, that's, you know, kind of messy because, you know, the kids or making slime, you know, I'm the person that wipes down the counter. I became that person because I wasn't always that person. I was, you know, my room was messy. You can ask my roommate in college, Mo would probably tell you I was a mess. You know? <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> um, but I changed that. I become the person that I need to be to show up for this job. So, um, and life. Um, so what I figured out is a couple of things that, you know, motivate me. I need to, I need to sweat in some sort of capacity every day. I need some sort of physical activity and it doesn't have to be high impact. It could be anything. It could be at this point, it could be power walking. You know, I'm new to Peloton. I've never cycled a day in my life. And, you know, I'm on day seven. It's highly motivating. But what I found is I am a more, um, I'm a more, yeah, I'm a more humble. I'm a more positive. I have a better outlook when I have some sort of physical activity every day. Um, and then it's the constant reminder that self-talk. So I keep things and quotes, you know, you talk about the poem and it, that really stands out to me. There's definitely a few things that, you know, it might seem sentimental, but there's things of, you know, the day I, the month I missed my goal and, you know, I keep a little note that I wrote that, you know, no pain of hard work. Um, is worse than missing a goal. Um, yeah. you know, work harder. I keep that by my desk. I keep, um, you know, I keep quotes and I repeat them constantly. And I, I try to keep reminding myself that we are a work in progress and it's okay to be gentle with yourself. And it's okay to be, you know, gentle with the process, but it's okay to hold yourself to a higher standard because we're meant to be more than we sometimes allow ourselves. And that, you know, we can't let fear stop us. We, we have to push through those barriers. So um, so I guess it's a couple of things like constantly fill yourself with positivity and you can, you know, wherever you have to get that, that for me is people like you and podcasts and quotes and books and, um, thank you. <laughs> yeah. Anybody, you know, anything that's giving out that positive vibration, it's, it's, you know, that's, that's, you got to block the negative. You know, somebody once told me, put up the, put up that negativity vortex and let it bounce right off of you because it's out there and it'll drag you down and then movement. You have to move, you know, there's nothing that there's not one bad thing I can think of from moving every single day. You know, if you're injured, you're sick, any, any sort of ailment going on, no matter what's happening in your world, if you are at the top of your game or if you're at the bottom of your game, movement will change you. If you let it like you it, it, a little bit of sweat every day. And I learned that very, um, very much so over the last six months that it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you're doing something. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I, I, I tell people that all the time because I have a routine. I get up early, <laughs> I work out, I read, yeah. I meditate for five minutes, and then the day starts with the kids, right? Because they're up about yeah. – that's about two hours right there. Yeah. And then if I have time for emails or whatever else, I try to get it through it. And then, you know, bum, 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 end of the day, kids, and then yeah. I work some more, a little bit more at the end of the day. Yes. Well, you know, like I said, after, you know, when I started training for the marathon, I wasn't able to CrossFit as much because I also work and, you know, my kids, 
um, that created a low for me. I didn't, I defined myself by, you know, boxing myself in. And it's interesting. Like I, people always laugh because I got Ralph the Peloton for Christmas and people keep messaging me like, whose Peloton is it? I'm like, I don't know. Um, it, I had very genuine, um, it was a very genuine gift, but, um, you know, it's something new and that's the thing too. Don't box yourself in just because I never cycled a day in my life before. So just because you don't do something and you know, poo poo it like, Ooh, cycling. Let me tell you, I'm dripping sweat and I kind of want to cry. So there you go. Like, you know, put yourself in an uncomfortable position and guess what? You'll change and grow. And, uh, that's exactly what it says back there. Uh, I know I'm like the biggest spokesperson for Peloton, but I have to put the asterisk on it. It's not my gift. It wasn't my gift. So. Uh, I, I'm a little bit different in a sense that I always need a goal to go towards. Right. So yeah. playing sports, training for a sport. Yeah. Um, and that's, you know, I haven't had that since I just looked at it in my knee about seven years ago. Um, yeah. I played a couple of times, but it's still not the same. So for me, like, uh, you know, I started fighting again and yeah. I said, I, I got to train, do something else. that's going to have an end result. And, yes. you know, that for me is the only thing that keeps me motivated. And that's how I work out. So if I, if I don't have yeah. that, then I don't, you know, I don't stay motivated. But I anyway. can't. You're in like the epicenter for boxing. You're in Philly. And then number two, I can't recommend Peloton enough. I've been, I, I'm doing what I used to do. I'm jumping out of bed to go join that class. Like it is just, they do an excellent job of giving me back that community and giving me back that, that sweat. And I can't believe how much I sweat, but yeah. I heard the, it's goal oriented. It's, it's pretty kick butt. I heard they have one for a rower and for a uh, yeah. treadmill now too. Yes. So have I have the rower at home, so I might just add do. that to the rower, you know, like the, <laughs> I don't have the Peloton bike, but you can, I, I know you can actually also do it and I don't know if this is true or not, but you can get rollers or get the roller stand and get a regular yes. bike and then yes. put the Peloton workout yeah. on there, but you can't yeah. trade down the resistance the same way. Yes. Yes. Um, I just, you know, so we're, we, we keep talking excuse me about it since Christmas, but we're just so present, pleasantly surprised at how impressed we are with the whole thing. And, you know, hopping into a class in the morning, I took a 20 minute class and, and you know, this was not my thing. Quality. I tell you, like, I would, if you asked me a year ago, like, would you go cycling? I'd be like, no, I do CrossFit. Like, you know, I'm up here. I gotta yeah. tell you, it has been a breath of fresh air and it's given me back, you know, it's, it's given me back my zest for wanting to get up early and get in the grind. And well, it's competitive. Um, Right, you compete with other people on the screen, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, My partner has one. He loves it. Yes. Same thing. Yes. I'm surprised on how much I love it, but I, I definitely. It doesn't matter if you're on a bike or if you're outdoor running. I think that the biggest thing is, you know, running a marathon. I never run anything above 13 miles. Um, the New York City Marathon was the biggest party I've ever been to. I. I didn't even realize fully and fully embrace the fact that I was running a marathon till mile 20 and then it hit me. But that's another thing. I never done that before. And that's the biggest thing. It doesn't matter what you're doing. Just go out there and do something, but challenge yourself. Don't get stuck right. in that, that comfort zone because believe it or not, as challenging as CrossFit was, it was a comfort zone for me. So stepping out of that was a game changer. It brought in, you always have to broaden your, your sights. You always have to step into the unknown because that's how, that's how we grow. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I do the wrestling with my son and do jujitsu yeah. now because I don't, I've never did it before. There's always this guy. I've never like get on the ground and do anything. So, um, you know, I, I think that you're a hundred percent right. And I think that's exactly what I tell people I work with is, is, you know, nothing in life is easy. You have to work hard for it. And if you want it, it's there. Just get outside your comfort zone. Only that grows, you know, when you work out, you can't grow unless you tear muscle. Right? Exactly. 
exactly. Right. And it's the same thing here with your mind and your body and everything else. So, you know, yes. it's... and wrestling, I, I always bow down to wrestlers. That is a one man sport. So, I mean, it, I full respect for that whole, it's an art form. So I'm super proud of my son. Cause he's outside <laughs> his comfort zone and he's, he's out there doing it. So, and I'm all those kids. I'm super proud of them. So either way. Yeah. That's awesome. Good. Well, thank you for your time today. And I hope that number one, this gives value to other people listening and, and to you. And I've helped in some way to perform. And um, we're going to put this out there for everyone else to hear. So that is awesome. I appreciate it so much. I love connecting with you. And I look forward to hopefully doing it again. I, I really appreciate your time. Well, it's great seeing you again. Obviously, it's been some time since we've seen each other, but we've seen each other on social media. And, and now we can actually see each other closer. So exactly. All thank right. You. Thanks. Yep. Bye. What's up, everybody? Well, great episode tonight with Melinda Treglia from Allstate here in uh, Gardner, New York. So what did we learn? We learned that you have to have that work-life balance, right? And she finds that drive and motivation through athletics and pushing herself through running and riding a bike and lifting weights, which I think is great, right? You have to have that. Then... The, the balance of when you're with your family, you're with your family, but work is still important. And then building that team the right way. So having the right people, having the right process of bringing them on and training them, and then understanding the financial acumen of where you're making the most money with the best bang for your buck, right? So think about that and then how she stays motivated, obviously through um, athletics. So I think this is great. And um, please subscribe, follow, share, um, check out the video as well. And, uh, and let us know your thoughts and feedback. And you can uh, ping me back here. And I would love to hear your feedback because I want to learn from everything I'm doing. All right, guys. Have a great day. Talk to you soon. Don't forget to ring the bell. Cheers. <laughs>